This podcast discusses difficult topics that may not be appropriate for all listeners. We are not doctors or therapists. None of our content should be construed as medical advice, nor as a substitute for professional help. Names and other specific identifying details are often changed for the privacy and protection of our guests. Our guests' experiences are shared as they experienced them. Opinions may not reflect the opinions of Beck and Ella or this podcast. There will also be adult language used. Lots of it. Listener discretion strongly advised. Welcome back, everyone. How are you doing, Ella? I'm doing pretty good. Not bad. Good. How are you, Beck? I'm a little under the weather, so I apologize if I <laughs> sound a little yucky today. And I will apologize in advance for all of my sniffles, and I will try to mute any coughing. But other than that, we're going to make it happen. We are. Sorry, you feel bad. Today's episode brought to you by Dayquil. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dayquil. I jacked right up on that, and I am feeling better for the next three-ish hours, probably, till that wears off. So here we are. <laughs> Hopefully we won't be that long. <laughs> right. But we're happy you made it. Yeah, we are. We have Aaliyah with us today. She is going to talk to us about a different type of gaslighting when it relates to medical gaslighting. So I feel like women, at least myself for sure, myself too, um, are often written off by doctors when we have issues that need addressing. Often it is written off as emotional when there are actually physical symptoms that get overlooked. Even if you look back historically, even when you start breaking down words like hysterectomy, you know, like that comes from hystera, which is like the womb. And that brings in hysteria, which means it's all connected because you're a woman because of your female anatomy. Mm -hmm. And that has been a common theme all the way through now. And we were joking the other day, Aliyah and I are like, the other diagnosis is you're just fat. It's like, no, I'm not having all of these symptoms because I need to lose some weight. Like, it's not all connected. Yeah, that or, you know, you got some sort of mental health issue, which, you know, in my case, there there's that. But in addition to complicated human being, I can walk and chew gum. So, right. you know, I can have mental health and a chronic illness. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's not related. We do contain multitudes. I'm I'm like an onion or an ogre. You know, I have layers. <laughs> Maybe women have mental health issues because they're gaslit all the time. <laughs> By everyone. By men. <laughs> everyone in the world. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's all the, you know, self-doubt because we're being told by, quote, professionals mm -hmm. that it could possibly be that. Yep. Right. So Leah's going to talk to us today about a health journey that she has been on and the challenges she's faced along the way. And I'm sure probably how to advocate for yourself as well. So Aaliyah, take it away. Well, so to, to preface everything, my medical care is through the VA. Uh, I was in the military for 12 years. I'm a 100% disabled veteran. From my time in service, everything is service connected through multiple deployments. Thank you for your service. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you. When I got out, I did the stay-at-home mom thing, and it was great. I got really restless. We moved and got a hobby farm, so started farming. So I'm just out in the dirt every day. And if you live in Middle Tennessee and you're in the dirt every day, you're going to get a tick. That's just, you know. You walk through your grass after it gets a little too hot and you're going to get a tick. 
Well, one day um, in 2018, I got a tick that had some extra zhuzh, had that riz, as the kids say. And I I contracted alpha-gal, which is a mammal-based allergy. I'm I'm allergic to all old-world mammals. So humans and apes, um, I'm good to go. Everything else is going to send me to the hospital. Um, There's varying levels of sensitivity based on person to person. And the medical community doesn't really know how to handle alpha-gal anyway. It's still still like this, even though it's been around for decades, it's still considered like the new thing. Hmm. Like when celiac was first made into like a legit medical diagnosis and people are like, oh, back in my day. And, you know, it isn't back in your day. It's just what we didn't know what it was. Didn't know how to test for it. Right. So that's where it all started with me. I had already been aware that alpha gout was a thing. I had a lot of friends that have contracted it just because when you do the homesteading life, you link up with like-minded people. And I kind of had an idea that it could be alpha gal. So I started getting these episodes where there would be not anaphylaxis, but just these huge deforming welts on, on my body, on my face. Like it would get to the point where if there was one that formed in a joint, like a finger joint, it would dislocate my finger. Oh, that is crazy. Yeah, it it was like there was one point where with each exposure to mammal, not knowing that it was a mammal allergy, it would just get worse. So that one point I had a hive that was so bad, I couldn't see. I couldn't open my eyes. There was no bridge in my nose. It was almost like Hollywood prosthetic makeup. This forehead went straight flat to the tip of my nose and my eyes were just swollen like I I took a two by four to the face. It was hugely disfiguring. You had some um, Marge Simpson lips going on too, I remember at one point. Oh dude, I was rocking the whole cast of the Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) Chloe Kardashian ain't got nothing. One look that I was rocking, like I didn't need no what is a water bottle cap. Need, no, just needed to eat some like ham, and I was good to go. <laughs> right. Wow. So I started going, and they were testing me and testing me for the common allergens because you know people can develop allergies late in life for a multitude of reasons, and everything kept coming back negative. I had mold testing done. That was negative. We thought that I had a dust allergy or it was dust mites or we were just going down all the rabbit holes of like what this could be because it seemed so random. I was logging my food. I was logging my activities and nothing. There was no link that I could see. It was absolutely like maybe this is from deployments. Maybe I pick something up in Iraq because, you know, you got Gulf War syndrome. Maybe this is a variant of Gulf War syndrome. Like, and I'm going on the veteran groups. Anybody else experiencing this? Nobody was. And it was just this because I'm not getting any help from the medical doctors at the VA. They're just giving me stronger and stronger antihistamines. I was at the point where I was taking 50 milligrams of Benadryl a day in addition to 
other H2 antihistamines, I would have to use eye drops because my eyes would be so dried out. I would get nosebleeds because the mucous membranes inside my nose were so dried out because I was just on this massive dose just to hit a baseline. And that wasn't even stopping reactions. I just wasn't hugely deformed. I would still have these rashes all over that were just like your skin crawling with a million spiders that mm-hmm. had stabby knives. It's miserable. Oh, it was horrible. It got to the point where they kept like going down these rabbit holes and I kept asking questions like, are you sure it's not this? And they're like, well, all these answers keep saying no. So it must be inside you. Like you're causing this. What? You're causing your face to swell up and look like Marge Simpson lips? Yes. Wow. They're like this. They called it idiopathic chronic urticaria presenting with angioedema. Did you try to stop that? I be. <laughs> no, I tried. I was like, you know, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Maybe I should smile more. Right. <laughs> if I could just choose to be happy, I will be. Right. Just choose happy, Aaliyah. Choose. Exactly. Yeah. Just not be stressed. Choose to not swell up. Like, what was her name? Veruca Salisbury. Violet Bullergard. Oh, yeah. Just choose to not do that. Just, you know, mind over matter it. <laughs> yeah. Good golly. It was so frustrating to be told oh my god well you're not showing up on tests it got to the point where they were uh biopsing the hives they were by like hole punching my skin to try and figure out what it is keep saying you're like do you have a diagnosis and they're like yeah it's urticaria and i was like well no shit it is i'm i'm swelling i know that i'm swelling i don't need a medical diagnosis to tell me i'm swelling and they're starting to go well A lot of idiopathic symptoms can be caused by stress. How are you managing your stress? And I was like, I don't, I don't really have stress. How am I managing stress in this end stage capitalist hellscape? Yes. That we call our reality. Uh Everybody is stressed. I'm like, I garden all day and I have baby goats. Like, (laughs) where's the stress? You know, I'm doing all the hippy-dippy things, like I'm grounding, I'm do- gardening barefoot, getting in the soil and like sniffing it real hard. I'm like huffing soil. So it's like, what's going on? Like, I'm not stressed. Like, I do yoga. I'm working out. Because at, at the same time, they're also telling me, you know, your your BMI index there it is. is a little high for your high in age. Yeah. If you could lose, yeah, just 15, 20 pounds. You know, this will probably go away on its own. Yeah. You know, and then it didn't. I lost that weight and it didn't. Right. And they're like, okay, well, I think you're anxious. I think you have anxiety. And I was like, I I absolutely do not have anxiety about this. I did until I came and talked to you. I'm like, you're giving me anxiety. <laughs> Eventually, the VA, like after not coming up with any answers, they found a really deep rabbit hole and they were like you know what and this brings in the hestia thing maybe it's your uterus yep as a as a popular tiktok says a uterus has got a ute <laughs> i started going through the process for a full hysterectomy having uterus surgery Uterus. You eat it right out of there. Uter- <laughs> uteries. I got to get my, I got to ute. I got to eat the ute. <laughs> eat the ute. We need that on a t-shirt. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm wearing wearing the graphic tees. I'll get that. <laughs> so the VA always wants to double check everything. So they're sending me off for testing. I have to get progesterone testing to see if they should take my ovaries or not. Um, because at this point, this is about five years uh, when they finally decide, oh, it must be your uterus. So at five years, the symptoms have moved beyond swelling and have become like ER worthy, where um, I get these hives in my throat or the hives are, they're not just in one spot. They'll start like they'll start on the left side of my face and then they'll my they'll move and migrate around my face. I've had one hive last five days as it just traveled around. Interesting. Oh my God. They couldn't figure it out because it wasn't following ga- gravity. It wasn't following my my lymph nodes. It wasn't following any of my nerve pathways. It wasn't following my circulatory system. They could not figure out like its method. Why? It's probably because you were willing it to travel in the directions you were willing it to travel. I was. I was like, I really need to get rid of this white girl thin lip. If you could <laughs> that, that'd be great. Migrate it down to my lip. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I could get a BBL, but on my face, that'd be great. <laughs> So it was through that process of getting like our, all the hormones tested. What are you allergic to? What are you sensitive to? Then they did like a suit. They referred me out to the Vanderbilt allergy clinic that's up underneath. I think it's underneath rheumatology. It's like hardcore allergy, rare genetic disease allergy clinic. And they drew so much blood to test and it was very first test they took right before my my six-year anniversary of all this starting uh that they came back and they were like it's alpha go oh you mean that thing i thought it was at the beginning maybe yeah like almost six years ago that that thing that i asked to be tested on and you guys were like nah nah bro how long ago was that how long did you say six years oh i got diagnosed last august i first started presenting like six years in October. Oh my God, that is ridiculous. So this this October is now seven years without without a gown. Wow. I'm sitting here like relieved that I have an answer. Like praise praise baby Jesus, I have an answer. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, so pissed. Yeah, so pissed. Like all the ER trips. All the wasted grocery bill, like y'all, we just, I got diagnosed on it on a Thursday. That Tuesday, we just picked up half a friggin' cow to stick in our freezer. Oh, no. In addition to the 10 point butt that I just got before that, in addition to the two pasture raised pigs we raised and had processed, all the mammal in our freezer right at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And, you know, I'm doing all these special allergy diets but in all of those diets i'm eating mammals so you know if the doctors at the va told me i didn't have alpha gal and they tested for it then i must not have alpha gal so i kept right eating mammal and 
having the animals on the farm, having our goats, getting things ready to get a milking cow. Like we were full on farming at this point. And I start looking back, like he told me I didn't have alpha gal. And I started doing some more research because I have this community of people that at this point I was added to a group of alpha gal girls only because it's there's a lot of extra things that we have to deal with as women in general. But then you put alpha gal on it and it's like, hmm, that's awesome. And so this this group was specifically to answer those really sensitive questions. And before the alpha gal, they thought I had mast cell activation syndrome. So alpha gal can trigger that. So I got added to the group to answer those questions. How can you test for it? How do you know? Because I've been going through it. Right. I've been doing all of it. And so answering questions left and right. And I finally was like, damn, I'm not only a president, but I'm a member. But it was <laughs> <laughs> So I'm thinking, I was like, he tested me and he told me I was negative. And then come to find out he used a threshold indicator, kind of like diabetes. If you're below a certain number, you're just like, you know, in leptin resistance, you're not diabetic yet. Right. So he's looking at these brackets at the threshold and he's like, your numbers are so low. You don't have alpha gal. But he didn't tell me that. That's just what I assume his process was. Right. Come to find out, I was positive. It's it's more like pregnancy than it is diabetes. You either, you're positive. Or you're- even if there's a faint line? Yes. Even if the line is faint. <laughs> even if you take that picture in a negative and you see it, it's there. You got it. <laughs> so it was just all those years, all those years of being told you should lose weight, you should manage your stress more. And they would always continually go back into my records and be like, oh, you have PTSD. This is probably that. Right. It's probably, you know, from your time in the service. And I was like, yeah, but I'm living a pretty good life now. Like I garden for a living. I just help kids grow vegetables for a living. And I get to play with goats for a living. I'm not stressed. I would do this for free, but they pay me. So I'm I'm pretty happy. Right. It's awesome. It was just like the tip of the iceberg because when you have an allergy, an anaphylactic allergy like that, but you're still being exposed to it, your body always kind of keeps this like baseline of inflammation to where, yeah, you're going to react to it, but your body's like, yes, same stuff, different day kind of maneuver. But once you completely cut it out, your body goes back to a less reactive state and then it gets introduced and your body freaks out. So I found out it was alpha gal. And so I start removing all the things from my diet. But my job still deals with the animals, still deals with their manure. Oh, so you, so you can't even be around, like, in contact, like, even if you don't ingest it. Right. Yeah, I can't. I am one of the most sensitive presentations of alpha gal that you got out there without having mast cell. I think the only reason why I haven't tipped over into mast cell is because for the longest time I thought I had mast cell. So I, my diet was a mast cell, low inflammation, low histamine diet. So I, I firmly believe that it wasn't mad amount of antihistamines and acid blockers that they put me on. It was also how I, how I did my due diligence, not the medical professionals. I did my due diligence and found out ways to help myself to 
at least not make it worse because it already is as bad as most elf gal can be. And explain explain what mast cell is. Um, the only reason I know what that is is because of our mutual friend that has that. Yeah. Um, but most people, I think, have not heard of it. Okay, so you have your histamine intolerance. And in a lesser degree than that is just people that have really severe seasonal allergies. So imagine if your severe seasonal allergies extends beyond just pollen and dander. Now it becomes any high histamine food like banana, strawberries, pineapple, seeds, nuts, dairy. Um, you start losing a lot of foods and then you have ma mast cell activation syndrome, which is primarily dietary things that you're eating or putting on your skin topically, like lotions and whatnot. And then you have mast cell activation disorder, which is so much worse. I have a friend that had to complete, like she had to go, she got hospitalized and it was like a two week stay because of a mast cell where her body just treated it as if it was like the worst anaphylactic allergy exposure she's ever had. Like, a person with a peanut allergy eating an entire bag of peanuts sort of deal. And in that time, she had already been prepping to have this done. She had to have the varnish on her wood floors completely sanded down to the wood because the acrylics in the varnish was causing reaction, contact reactions. Wow. She can't wear synthetics. She can't handle any fragrances. She can't even handle most aromatics. Like she's allergic to rosemary and thyme and mint. She has to, most of her like medical things has, has to be done almost in a, um, forget the word. It's not a hermetic chamber, but like very sterilized absolutely no fragrance at all like even hand sanitizer Ow. nothing um and that is for everything for every her dental health has significantly dropped because of this and it's and the worst part is even though she has all this documentation she still can't put get put on disability wow so she's still trying to work long distance like remotely because that's the only thing she can do and it is barely covering her bills that. and you know thank god she doesn't have alpha gal on top of all this but most most people that went as long as i did without a diagnosis will develop mast cell syndrome okay. which is just a very extreme form of histamine intolerance you can't eat leftovers because um, I forget what the enzyme is. It sounds like cadaver, but it's it's in food once it starts to break down. Everything has to be fresh. No processed foods at all. You can't, like if you're going to buy fish, you can't buy it from the little window display case because that fish has been sitting on ice out. It has to be fresh caught or frozen, like flash frozen right away. Wow. Yeah, most people with significant presentation of mast cell have to source like their salmon um, and even then there's only certain certain fish you can have when you're a mast cell you can't have any bottom feeder fish you can't have any like tilapia you can't have you can have salmon and cod and halibut i want to say are the three main fish that you can have wow you can't have anything canned like if if it has any sort of shelf stable anything done to it you can't have it with mast cell 
it'll create issues. That really sounds miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's horrible. And along with mast cell and alpha-gal, I'm in this constant state of inflammation just because I cannot escape mammals. I live in the country. I drive by a pasture of cows and I get a migraine because of their manure. Oh, wow. Uh, because they, you know, half of them are dropping a deuce out there in the field. Right. That perfume wafts. <laughs> right. And that that's a migraine. Yeah. And there's always something new that I'm learning. I can't have most medications because most medications have magnesium stearate in it, which is derived from bovine milk. I'm allergic to most Band-Aids. There's one brand of Band-Aids that I can have because most adhesives have mammal in it. Think Elmer's glue. Wow. Made from cows. Can't touch it. Man, you really don't think about, until you have an allergy like that, you really don't think about all the things. Stuff like that, like Band-Aids or yeah. all the things that it's not just avoiding something you're eating. Oh, and there was a new headache that I, I got introduced to this week. What if something horrific happens and I require a blood transfusion? Ooh, think about it. Yeah. What if the person's blood that I received, they just ate a big old juicy burger before donating? Right. And then not only that, they add blood thinners to the blood before giving it to the person. The blood thinners have mammal derivatives in them as well. Wow, that is terrifying. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to now start the process of like, what are my alternatives? And I have I have one hospital that I go to, and I need to make sure that they, if there's an alternative, that they keep it in stock at that hospital just in case for me or any other alpha gal person because middle tennessee is such a hotbed of alpha gal patients right now it is you're not the first person i've heard of that has this yeah yeah i know four people i think yeah yeah but i could think of off the top of my head on just my own personal like network right well and like the same people that you and i know beth i actually helped them get a diagnosis oh okay because they were presenting and they were asking the book of faces, like, anybody heard of this? And I was like, get tested. Yeah. Get tested. No, that sounds like alpha gal. Because at this point, I thought I had mast cell, but I had been in the Facebook group long enough to see all the crazy presentations that all these women are going through. Because even though we're not allergic to ourselves or other humans, it doesn't mean we're not sensitive to inflammation to histamine because we're so inflamed all the time anyway. And the menstrual cycle is an inflammatory process. It just is. It's why we bloat. It's why we cramp. It's why we generally feel like a million bucks right before it starts. So that's usually when my flares are the worst. The, that three-day window before you start your cycle. I can almost like count down to like the hour that I'm going to start my cycle because of how I'll start flaring up. It's gotten to the point where my cycles are highly irregular now because of the misdiagnosis because I was on corticosteroids for years, chronically for years. You're not supposed to be on corticosteroids chronically. Right. They're supposed to be an acute medication every other week to up to every week having to be on high doses of corticosteroids just to see, just to breathe, because they didn't know what it was, so they weren't wanting to give me 
anything other than corticosteroids and a crap ton of antihistamine. And that, in turn, like I started seeing issues with my cycle. Um, I gained a crap ton of weight. I'm an incredibly active person. Becca knows this. I'm always moving, lifting heavy stuff, hauling animals, shoveling, pitchforking. Like I'm incredibly active. I'm a fairly strong individual. I have so much extra weight on me, not just a couple pounds. Like I could probably stand to lose like 60, 70 pounds at this point um, to be at the weight I was before I started presenting with this about seven years ago. And even then I was, you know, I wasn't like a hard body. I was thick. <laughs> but I was, I have difficulty getting into like deep squats now to do my work. I have to, like, I have to hold my breath to tie my shoes now. Girl, that, yeah, you better tie that shoe faster, pass out. And corticosteroids lent to that. Right. It put me into perimenopause at 41. I'm 42 now. I've been in perimenopause since I was 41. I've been in it since 40. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> but like, we're not supposed to be though. What the crap? I don't know why, but yeah, I I was gaslit too for years because I went to the doctor and was like, I'm having all these symptoms. And they were like, you're too young. And I'm like, I know my body. Yeah. You're telling me I'm too young. <laughs> like, Yeah, I get it. It's one of those things where it, it took me fighting and fighting and fighting and doing my own, like going on to NCBI and going to... Um, like Google Scholar and finding medical journals and trying to like in consulting with people who are professionals in the field. Like, I don't quite understand what this is telling me. Can you decipher it for me? And I'm going to these people that are professionals in hormones, professionals in endocrinology, professionals in immunology. I feel like this study is saying something about what I'm dealing with. And it was hit or miss. Sometimes they were like, oh, that doesn't apply to whatever situation I'm dealing with. But a lot of the times I gave that paperwork to doctors. You don't know what it is. Look at this. Yeah. Tell me what you think. And then they'll come back next appointment and be like, you know, you were on to something. And I'm like, great. What am I paying you for? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Like, just so you can have that education. Yeah, you have the eight-year degree to, like, rubber stamp something on my papers that's, that I did for you. Like, I did the work for you. Mm -hmm. It was, it's just been, and it still is, a constant battle. I know it's in most medical scenarios for women, but the VA is, like, its own special hell. Because it's not just with the alpha gal. It was with me getting my ADHD diagnosis too. For the longest time, I was told, oh, it's anxiety. It's anxiety. It's because you have PTSD. You would have been diagnosed as a child. Not if you're a girl. Not if, Yeah, not if you're a girl. Nuh-uh. I was like, um, I know I use a good facial cream, but I am much <laughs> older than you think. And they did not test girls unless it was glaringly obvious yep. that something was going on. All three of us have ADHD that was not diagnosed as children. Yep. Because girls mm -hmm. will change their behavior to please. Yep. We will not. Boys will not. It's in here. It's I'm not like on, you know, crack or anything. Right. It's all in here. And when I did get the diagnosis, I was kind of expecting like a mild diagnosis. Like, oh, you got to touch. You know, you've been touched. <laughs> 
No, it was that they're like, you're moderately severe ADHD with inattentive. And I was just like, oh, explains so much. <laughs> all the hobby, all the, you know, rest in peace hobbies that are chilling in my closet. That's, that's awesome. And then they're like, usually when you have this level, you probably have one hyperfixation that you're just really like, it never goes away. I'm like, gardening. It's gardening. I'm super hyper fixated on gardening like all the time. I see you, Taylor Swift. <laughs> I, I see you. <laughs> That's my hyper fixation. Love you, girl. I, I'm, I'm, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> oh, it's me and my ADHD. <laughs> so how do you, how would you tell others to advocate for themselves like what are some tips you would give to hopefully help someone avoid six years of a misdiagnosis or not being heard honestly my biggest tool was social media I got involved in groups a bunch of groups at first like I got involved with wheat intolerance groups gluten intolerance groups mold was it mold toxicity groups all these groups that it could have been and I just started gleaning information. I was lurking like the best of the lurkers in all those groups, just like stalking everything. And through that, I was able to get enough breadcrumbs to kind of get an idea of what I was needing to go down that pathway a little bit more. Okay. Go down this rabbit hole a little deeper. If you're not necessarily able to read medical journals comprehensively, reach out to people who can. And get their take. Like I found this concerning this. And that's another thing is you got to find the medical journals that are not just specific to what you think it is. But after learning enough about what you may or may not have, the little offshoot diagnosis, 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 diagnosis. <laughs> for me, it was getting into histamine. How is histamine playing a part? And the mast cell activators and um, mast cell stabilizers and what's DAO and how does that, how, what foods are blocking that? How does it pertain to how I'm processing and flushing histamine? Uh, what enzymes do I need to add to my diet? What, what other enzymes do I need to avoid? And looking into those medical studies and having those medical professionals or just professionals in that field decipher that for me, what I couldn't understand. And just having that, finding that online community of everybody's going through it. And there's always going to be the handful of people that are just not giving up. They're going down every rabbit hole like what I did. And they're finding the information and they're sharing the information. Because that's, that's how I helped our mutual friends okay. get their diagnosis. Because I was sharing stuff sharing stuff on Facebook, sharing the pictures, sharing like, this is what happened today. This is what triggered it. And people were like, oh, that just happened to me. I'm going to go get tested. And they ended up having it. And now they have a tool. Another thing is, is this has been the biggest help with the VA because they're my doctors, but it's I'm not paying them. So there's a different type of bedside manner there. Where when you're going to a doctor in the civilian world, like you're paying you're paying their wages when you go see the doctor in the VA, especially when you're 100 percent disabled, it's like <laughs> it's free healthcare, so you get what you get kind of mentality. And I started requesting very specific things 
like looking into definitive ways to confirm or deny. And if they wanted to gloss it over and just be like, oh, no, it's not, you know, just lose weight or just take this antihistamine or just take this anxiety med. I started making them like I want it written down in my paperwork. Write it down that you are denying this test. Write it down that you're denying me this medication. You're denying me like anything. They won't do it. They will not write down in their paperwork that they're they're denying it. They'll, They'll be really pissy about it. They'll huff and puff and blow your house down, but then they'll eventually refer you out for testing. Even within that referral testing, a lot of times it'll be pushed way out. Like when I got my referral for the ADHD testing, it was a year. Whoa. From the point where they agreed to test me to when I got tested. And then even after I got tested, I still had to wait three months for my diagnosis. So with AlphaGal, when they referred me out, I demanded what clinic I I would go to. Like, you're not going to send me to your, you know, buddy-buddy clinic with like-minded doctors. I'm going to the best clinic available to me because it's community care. If you, which is the VA system for the civilian sector, if you call them and you just be a thorn in their butt, they will push it further. So you have to advocate for yourself. You can't expect anyone to take pity on you and your situation and who else this may be affecting in your life. You have to advocate for yourself. You have to somehow find the extra energy and the mental energy and the extra spoons to make this happen. And you have to you have to be a pain in the butt. It's exhausting. It really is exhausting. There's still June my appendix tried to kill me. This is very common with alpha-gal, alpha-gal people. Within the first five years of contracting alpha-gal, most people end up having to get their appendix taken out. Interesting. Just because of the chronic state of inflammation. Most of us do, especially the women, because we have that monthly cycle that just exacerbates inflammation. Huge, huge doses of steroids, and antibiotic because not only was my appendix trying to kill me but I was in the big 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 flare but I also needed emergency surgery so they just pumped me full of steroids pumped me full of antibiotics and that's in June and he at the hospital's like do you have any allergies I'm like hold on sit down sit down there's gonna be a minute <laughs> <laughs> just bring the laptop in here I don't need you to just be jotting this down how much time do you got I'm going to like, you want to record this? You should record this. <laughs> so in July, I had a major anaphylaxis episode. In August, I had a major anaphylaxis episode. September 27th was my last anaphylactic episode. So far, I haven't had any in October. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. But September 27th, when I had my last episode, it was so bad. And at this point, I have had an EpiPen every month for the last three months at that point. Whew. This one was so bad that the first EpiPen didn't work. They they EpiPenned me and my throat was still closing. That had to be terrifying. So then they injected it directly into my IV, which, by the way, they're not really supposed to do um, because there's, there's things that can happen. And th- those things did happen. I started having, my heart was tachycardic. So my heart beats racing, but my blood pressure's plummeting. Anytime they raised me up above a 45 degree angle, I'd pass out. 
So they keep me for two days because my heart is doing crazy stuff. And in the meantime, they're having this conversation with me about life-saving measures in case I have a cardiac episode that require them to save my life. And it's not one of those conversations you really want to have when your lips, like you can't even talk. It's like, it's just flapping lips on your face. Right. Looking ridiculous. Like a strong breeze would have like ripped my head off. And I'm sitting there talking to them about these options. Like if if you go into cardiac, do you want us to, you know, paddle you how many times? Like as many as it takes. Right. I have babies, y'all. Turn me into burnt toast. I don't care. You like bring me back. Okay, well, yeah, if if we have to cut you open and crack your chest and like manually massage, do you want that? Yes. If you go into a coma, do you want us to try all life-saving measures? Yes. Like, yes to all. I am 40. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm just like, if it's going to save my life, check that mark. Mar- yes. And they were just like, well, we have to go through every single one. I'm saying like, y'all are stressing me out. <laughs> right? like, you're just, you're telling me I have to like breathe and stay calm because my heart's freaking out and you're stressing me out. Just know the answers. Yes. That that's, that's all you need to know. So like, that was just the whole, whole thing. And then I got told you really, really need to reduce your exposures even more because you can't keep doing EpiPen. Friday night, we went to a restaurant that's like my safe restaurant. They actually have alpha-gal options on the menu because the owner has a waitress that's alpha-gal and she's got friends that have alpha-gal. So that's their safe place to go. And it's really good food. It's great ambiance and all that. And someone in the back messed up my ticket and didn't put the vegan cheese on my on my food. They put real cheese on my food. So... I'm housing this food, this gnocchi, thinking, like, this is the best vegan cheese I've ever had. <laughs> I'm like, I got to get this brand name. Like, I'm like two forks in, just like stuffing it in my face. And it was real cheese, y'all. That's why it tasted so good. Why it was so hearty and it was touching my soul because it was real cheese. Sucks. Mm. So she comes, like, after I've finished like I'm almost to the halfway point on my plate. Like I'm eating it and like my eyes are rolling back in my head. I have a moment like I need a private room like this. This Noki is the best Noki. And she comes running over like I see her out of the camera. eye, like bum rushing us. I'm like, oh, my God. And she's like, stop, 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 stop eating. Stop eating. The kitchen messed up. They put real cheese on your food. And I like dropped my fork and I had food in my mouth and I'm just like, <laughs> and immediately I'm like, shit, shit, shit. We drove my husband's truck to this. I don't have an EpiPen in his truck. Oh my God. And then I think, oh wait, I'm not supposed to do an EpiPen. I can't, like they told me I can't do an EpiPen. I might have a heart attack. So I'm like, oh, what do I, where's the nearest gas station? Like they got to have Benadryl at a gas station, right? Luckily, the hostess had a whole pack of Benadryl. So I pop three of them suckers and then I'm like, we got to go. We got to go home. I need to get all my other things on board that I got to do to try and calm down what's coming. And it came. I sure hope they didn't charge you for that. Oh, no, they 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 remade my my meal plus an extra meal on top of that. 
And like while we were getting things situated, they brought that out. So I got to have that later on. I mean, they're, they went above and beyond. And the owner was just, is a friend of mine. And she was just beside herself. Send me the hospital bill if you end up having to go to the hospital. Like she was just on top of it, just profusely apologizing. It was like, I don't hold them at fault either. Accidents happen. For sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, this accident almost almost cost me something horrible. That whole night, all Saturday, Friday night and Saturday, I'm just staying in very close proximity to a toilet. And then Saturday evening, the hives started. When I have dairy, my hives usually present on my feet. It burns like athlete's foot burns, but it also swells like if you had like a bee sting where the bee was just ginormous, like the size of a mouse bee sting. Like it's, it cobbles you. You can't walk very well. Um, and up, like up the side towards my ankle on both feet. Cause sometimes they present by themselves and sometimes the hives present bilaterally. So I'll get them on both feet at the same time. And I'm essentially hobbled at the point. I was in bed the rest of that night, just unable to really walk. This makes me never want to go outside ever again. And I hate that, but wear the tick spray, friend. Wear the tick spray. I advocate for all the tick things now. Um, make tick tubes. That's a big thing. What are tick tubes? You get dryer lint or cotton balls and you soak them in permethrin and then you let them dry. And then you get little PVC tubes and you stuff them full of those cotton balls and you go set them out on the perimeter of your yard every... 10 feet or so because field mice are some of the biggest carriers of these ticks and they're also very territorial as far as they won't go outside of a certain radius. So you set these tick tubes up every 10 to 15 feet along your perimeter and maybe some around your house as well. They'll take the cotton, they'll line their nests for their, for their, um, their babies the permethrin coats their skin. The permethrin coats the baby's skin. It doesn't harm them, but it kills the ticks. Okay. It kills the ticks. It kills, like, the fleas, whatever else insect that they're coming in contact with. It'll kill them. I do it in the tubes so that nothing else is being introduced to it. Online, I see a lot of people putting them in, like, toilet paper rolls, but that breaks down, and then the permethrin's getting into the soil and right. hurting all that stuff. So it's... PVC tubes or is it conduit tubing, I think it's what's safe to use in contact with the ground and is UV resistant. And you just set them every 10 to 15 feet around the perimeter of your home and around the perimeter of your property. And it reduces tick population on top of, you know, keeping chickens. And it's still a battle. I, I ended up firing one of the allergists at the even at the Vanderbilt Clinic because um, I have like three allergists that I see. And I fired one of them because he was just telling me, well, you just have sensitive skin. Right. Like, I was like, no, it's the alpha gal. And he's like, yeah, we've established that you have sensitive skin that you, I forget what it's called, but I, it's geographic something where you could draw on my skin and it would raise up. But that was at the height of my inflammation when I didn't know I had alpha gal. Now it doesn't do that, but he was just, he was so adamant. Like, yeah, you're just sensitive to like fragrances. And I was like, because the mammal. <laughs> well, then you're, you're also just sensitive to like some, some of the things I'm like, because it's mammal, because mammals and everything these days, like I can't have raspberry or strawberry Pop-Tarts because 
natural flavoring. It usually is derived from something in the mammal world. I don't think it's in too many things anymore since it became known, but a lot of, I think it's, it's not red dye 40, it's another natural coloring red dye. It comes from a beaver's anal gland. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Can you imagine just enjoying your little thumbprint raspberry Mm, just like me, Ma used to make beaver anus is delicious. <laughs> you went oh, so many jokes. Oh man, jokes. that beaver butt though. <laughs> that beaver ass. <laughs> you eat ass only the beavers. <laughs> I'm the <a> beaver. <laughs> I'm it. It's it's just it's like ridiculous. Like why ramen? Even chicken flavor ramen has whey in it. Why? Hmm. Right. Blows my mind. I have to double check everything. Like, I stupidly had a moment of complacency. And I've been hearing all about this pumpkin spice oat milk chai latte that Starbucks has for fall. That it's life changing. <laughs> and I was like, well, it's oat milk. I can do that. I can do oat milk. And I've had pumpkin spice like coffees, and I'm not a big fan of the pumpkin spice syrup. I'm sorry. Don't crucify me. No, I'm not here. But I love chai. I love chai. <laughs> so I was like, maybe it works. Because, you know, chai is pretty seasonally spicy, and pumpkin spice is pumpkin spice. So maybe they'll, they'll mooch together. Uh, yeah, the syrup they use for that particular drink has milk in it. It's like, why? Why? Oh, well, Yeah. Why though? Why isn't not just why isn't not the, the pumpkin spice syrup you use in the other coffee? Interesting. Why make it an oat milk latte if you're gonna put milk in the syrup? Yeah, that's for people who like to drink oat milk because they like to say, "I would like the oat milk latte. It's it healthier. I like to right. keep the cow in my syrup." I- <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense whatsoever. Put extra beaver ass in mine, please. <laughs> Can I have a beaver ass latte with the oat milk? <laughs> extra beaver. <laughs> Emphasis on the beaver's ass. Hey, can you rim my glass with a little extra beaver? <laughs> Just like credit card, swipe it right up in there. Like, oh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Homegrown USDA beaver ass. Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> What's for dinner? Well, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you have lived to tell the tale of this. Yet. Yeah. Oh, golly. The looks you get from people. Like, I just tell people I'm allergic. I'm allergic. Uh, and they're like, most of the time, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, because, you know, dare to beaver ass. Beaver. I'm allergic to beaver ass. Does I have any of that in there? Because I just can't have it. I just can't. It's like, what's your uh, medical alert bracelet for? Beaver butt. What do you bet? Beaver. Beaver. I can't eat it. <laughs> Davy Crockett would just be. Davy, Cro- Davy Crockett would be sucking an ass, but not beaver butt. Not beaver ass. Beaver butt. Um, he just wears it on his head. Yeah. Oh, that would probably cause issues for me too. Right. <laughs> oh, like, oh, what I was saying um, with the manure, one day I'm out in one of our in-ground beds at school, garden beds, and it had it was really rainy for a couple days, so there's like little puddles everywhere. 
one of the puddles had a, um, a nice blanket of straw on top. So I didn't notice that it was actually a puddle. And we use manure as our fertilizer. I'm not wearing my rain boots. I'm wearing my regular tennis shoes and just avoiding the puddles. I stepped firmly in that puddle, soaked my shoes. I couldn't walk for almost three days because manure juice came in contact with my skin. Body is amazing. Man, when it gets it wrong and like thinks something's right. Ah, right. And there's no, it's not like Lyme disease where I can just go on a really, really heavy regimen of antibiotics. This isn't a bacteria. It's a carbohydrate that passed the blood brain barrier when it wasn't supposed to because the tick bit me and injected it directly into my bloodstream. And my body's like, you're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to only be in the stomach. So we're going to attack you. I'm never going outside again. See, I don't I don't work out because so many people get murdered when they go jogging. So I figure I'm just going to not do that. And so now I don't need to go outside at all because of the ticks. <laughs> yep, just going to sit in my house. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I hope that people listening don't have alpha gout, but when they are being medically gaslit, they can think back to like, it is okay to advocate for myself. These people are here working for me. You know, you can be firm about what you need and advocate for yourself instead of what we're always taught to do and to be pleasing and quiet. And we don't need to do that. Like we need to stand up for ourselves. You have to speak up, unfortunately. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for going through all of this again with us. I know it takes a lot of energy. And we really appreciate it. It will definitely help someone be empowered to talk to their doctor and hopefully get better from whatever they are struggling with. Yes. So thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, bye. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it so much. If you want to support our show further, you can share our podcast with your friends, follow us on our socials at Pod. Or sign up for our Patreon to help keep the show going with a donation. Or you can become a patron for exclusive access to bonus content and interact with us and other loyal listeners on our feed. Meanwhile, if you liked what you heard today, please leave us a positive review. If you didn't, no worries. Move on about your day. If you want to share your story on our show, please visit our website at ngcompod.com to fill out the contact us form. Thanks again for listening.